Welcome to the Modern Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Giordani. I got my man, Memo Cardona. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last name, perfect. I didn't want to butcher that. Um, He is a real estate flipper developer, owns his own uh, portfolio of rentals, also has a lending business, and I'm sure there's other things that I don't know about that we haven't talked about before, so I'm excited to have you on, man. Right on. Really appreciate it. Of course, brother. Um, It's funny. We actually connected in Cancun for a wedding, which is so casual, but somehow... I was, I heard about you from Steven like super long time ago. And he's like, you need to meet this guy Memo. He's like, he's into flipping. He's doing kind of what you're doing. You need to connect with him. He's a good dude. And um, it's just funny that we, that we somehow connected when we were in, when we were in Cancun. And I feel like we had, we were obviously drinking. So there was a few nights where I like woke up in the morning and I was like <laughs> telling the wife, I was like, man, I love this dude. And I, I remember, I actually remember all of our conversation cause I was so inspired. Oh, He's right just on, so humble. Cool. And, <laughs> and, um, cause you were just so willing to share all oh, like all your business and, and all of that. And you're super humble for, I mean, we were just talking about going to New York and, <laughs> and looking at all these billionaires who are making a hundred million dollars a month. And yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so no, that's cool. That, that uh, it was great. Dude, the wedding was cool. Oh yeah. It was a good time. It, it was, was always cool to hang out and, and, uh, you know, especially have good business conversations over a beer. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Where'd you um grow up? <laughs> uh, local, born oh, cool. and raised here in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I studied here, uh, state uh, finance, international econ. Okay. And uh, um, kind of always been a local person. Nice. You know? I, I do love traveling. Mm-hmm. I just love coming back home. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're flying into San Diego, it's just like, dude, it's beautiful. Like, why would you leave? You know, so. Yeah. I would yeah. never want to live anywhere else. Yeah, I totally. tried for a year and it wasn't, <laughs> didn't make any sense. Um, how'd you, where'd you, like, what was your evolution after college? <clears throat> uh, so um, I've always had that entrepreneur mindset, you know, mm-hmm. so I've always had, you know, it's either, um, I was talking to my kids about this the other day, you know, I think in high school, I always had about two jobs that sometimes I had three jobs at a time, you know, so it was always kind of like, go, 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 uh, save, save, invest, you know, um, had a lot of opportunities, you know, to do, God, I brokered, you know, I wholesaled vehicles back in the nineties, oh, you know, wow. early two thousands when, especially when the internet kind of started going, you mm-hmm. know, you had the online platform for, uh, uh, auto auctions and stuff like that. Oh, so, cool. um, landscaping for a long time i did that build up a portfolio of you know of uh, clients for that um <clears throat> the one of the last one before i got into real estate was a uh, payday loan check hashing stores okay so sold those to a company called the money tree so it was like um the company called the money tree yeah that's well, a big ass them. fucking company well, yeah they're, they're big, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they're big they're out of yeah, washington yeah they're know? a big company uh so um it was uh it, it's a poor man's bank yeah. it's it's a bank for the unbank you know, okay. it's a community financial services. So, you know, you're servicing a lot of the clients. Um, great financially, you know, when you look at the APRs and you look at what you're charging you're, mm-hmm. as an owner, you know, it's a great business. Uh, didn't really like the business because it's just that, you know, um, at the end of the day, you don't sleep good. You know, it's cause it's like, yeah, they're really not financially literate. They're right. not in a good place and you're not solving the problems. No, you're only making, making it, it worse. worse. Yeah. yeah. So uh, got out of that business. You know, my son my wife had uh, our first child and I remember taking him to our corporate office and I was like, I don't want to leave this for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the last thing I want to do is have him working here and, you know, like dealing with that. So, uh, exited out of that, got into real estate, uh, Oh five right okay. around there. Okay. Uh, full time all in. And, um, uh, just in time for the, the correction, you know, yeah, the yeah. big crash. Were you, were you buying real estate then or were you an agent or were you a lender? Um, 
the the stuff I bought, I really had my behind handed to me, sure. you know, because yeah. it was obviously you know right before the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, first two three years, it, you know, it was a good market. You know, there's a lot of money out right. there. You know, it was easy money. You know, everyone was making a ton of money. Yeah. Um, you know the oh seven eights when the market started shifting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you know I, I had to pivot to short sales to foreclosures. Mm-hmm. You know. I uh, was blessed to have a few, you know, bank foreclosure uh, REO accounts. So okay. it's like the banks give you the properties, yep. you know? I did too. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- that was a blessing because th- th- those years were rough. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. It was like, you know, 2% were succeeding and 98% of the agents mm-hmm. were just like dying. Like, mm-hmm. It was bad. Uh, short sales were always fun and fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, because it, uh, you know, you take on a project and it takes you three years to get paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no way you made money on it because just the amount of time and effort, you know? Yeah. Um, but the blessing there, what there though, is, you know, you get to see exactly, you know, um, how a corporate client operates on mm-hmm. the real estate side, you mm-hmm. know, you're seeing, you know, your property manager, your preservation, you're dealing with, you know, evictions, you know, the legal aspect, you know, uh, you start seeing all of that, you know, so that really ultimately developed now, you know, as now that, you know, you, you know, you own the stuff and sure. you're managing these companies yep. and everything, you know, now you start looking at your exposure, you mm-hmm. know, you know quantifying stuff, you know, at the end of the day, which is the better way, you know, take this loss here or take that loss there, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, it's part of the, it was part of the, you know, the training, you know, sure. it's asset management right? at the end of the day. Yeah. <clears throat> like when I had stuff from, I, I was getting stuff from iServe. Okay. So it was a subsidiary of bank of America and my dad had an account and this is when I moved mm-hmm. to Palm Springs. And so oh, I was nice. a realtor during that time, uh-huh. but it was all like, you know, 50, 60, $70,000 mm-hmm. houses mm-hmm. back then. Um, and then I was doing short sale negotiations for like other brokerages yeah, yeah. and other agents who didn't know how to do it. So mm-hmm. I was doing that on the side, but I was 19 years old. So I was like learning all this shit sure. on, um, I didn't know any better. Uh-huh. Right. Like turn like who, like I didn't know what a recession was sure, yeah. when you're 19, 18, 19 <laughs> years old. So it was interesting. It was, it was an interesting learning experience, but I'm sure for you, like now it's I'm sure transformative for the way you manage the flips now or the businesses mm-hmm. from a management perspective. That and I, I think the missed opportunity, you know, the hindsight, you know, um, where, you know, I remember seeing, you know, tapes that like, um, so when banks had, you know, hundreds or thousands of properties that, 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 that they have to get rid of mm-hmm. off the books, they put them on a list and they call them tapes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, here's 100 properties, here's right. 300 properties. And I remember seeing a lot of tapes where the average sales price of the house was like under $2,000, and we're talking about a house, like detached houses. And, you know, but they were like, oh, you know, you need $50 million. You got to close within four days. And, you, you know, you got to go hard on your deposit and no financing. And for me, it's like, huh? You know, it's just out of right. my realm, right? Right. Uh, now, you pitch that to me up, you know. <laughs> You'll <laughs> figure it out. figure it out. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I'll, I'll make sure I close on that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's that preparation is not there. Mm-hmm. For when the opportunity pops up, you know, and I don't know if maybe in my lifetime, we probably won't see that opportunity again. Cause I think that's kind of every 40 to 50 years where you have those major corrections, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm sure we'll get some few more recessions, which is opportunity. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but those generational opportunities, like the once in a lifetime thing, you know, if, if you're there and, and you're able to get in that wave, I mean, you build tremendous wealth that way, you know, it, those were billion dollar portfolios that you know Big were time. sold for, you know, cents on the dollar one two cents on the dollars so. right were you buying a lot were you buying and holding a lot in 2000 um yeah but it, but you know it was onesie twosie you right. know it, it was kind of getting my feet wet and and it was so when the mark when when the economy adjusts 
everything dries up. Right. Capital markets dry up, cash dries up, and right. then fear sets in in everybody. And then whatever money you have, you're like holding on to it because you're afraid because you may not get another paycheck for 90 days or right. six months, right? right. So, um, you know, the income, I remember, you know, um, from 05 to 07, I almost maintained it. I think I might, I might have had a small drop, but my production tripled, mm -hmm. you know, and then it doubled again the next year. Mm -hmm. And I'm still making almost the same amount of money. It mm -hmm. wasn't the same, you know, because everything's just falling like crazy. Right. You know? So you're scrambling just to maintain the lifestyle. And then you figure it's like, is it really, you know, like what's priority, you know? So right. when you have these recessions, like the big ones, you know, you really, a lot of times you underestimate how bad it's going to be, you mm -hmm. know? And obviously mm -hmm. this was once in 40 years, 50 years, you mm -hmm. know? And I would love for it to come back, you know? <laughs> well, because I'm sure now you're prepared. Oh, dude, I'd be all over it, yeah. you know? So yeah. whenever I see these little blips, it's like, dude, you double down on everything because it's an opportunity, you know, whenever there's fear out there, whenever there's adjustments on market, one thing I learned was in every market, there's winners and losers mm -hmm. In Oaks eight through 11, majority of everything was lost, you know, mm -hmm. like generate, everybody lost everything, you know, bankruptcies, everything. But I remember being in circles where it's like, Hey, that one, 2%, mm -hmm. they're killing it, mm -hmm. like insanely killing it. And it, it, the, you know, the reflection there, it's like, how do I become that one, 2%, you know, right. how do I get to that circle? What is it? Is it the exposure? Is it the network? Is it the opportunity? You know, where's the opportunity there? So what do you think that, what do you think it is? I mean, like, so I look at like 2023 was my, my, my best year ever. Oh, good. But a lot of people, a lot of people were struggling. Yeah. A lot of people lost yeah. a lot of money we, on we flips. Yeah, a lot we of weren't agents. there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, <laughs> it was one of your, then there's going to be that time where I'm sure I could potentially be on the other side of that coin where sure. my worst year ever. Yes. What do you think is the difference? Like the difference maker with your experience going from, let's say a, a good market to a great market or a bad market to kind of navigate the storm. So um, one thing I've learned from an old timer was because I have always operated where I was doing a couple of, of you know, and flips at a time, you know, kind of on a smaller scale. And, um, my hesitation was always kind of, you don't want to really grow too big because then you have a lot of exposure. And I remember in 06, people like going from like having $20 million net worth to being bankrupt, like in six months. Like mm -hmm. I saw that a lot. So for me, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have to make sure you're solid and kind of slow growth, right? So the problem with when, when you're a really small operator is that sometimes you can get easily wiped away with an adjustment. Mm -hmm. So the market goes down that 100, 200, 500K you had saved up is gone mm -hmm. and you're back at zero. So sometimes if you're smart, there's certain ways of approaching it, but if you can scale the business and let's say now you have, you know, 50 million of, ass, of, of net worth and you do have a correction, yeah, you may lose 20%, 30%, you know, you might drop down to 25 million, 30 mm -hmm. million, you know, you're not out of the game. And if you're smart, you probably double down in that market and now you really took more market share, mm -hmm. you know, so... Um, it, it, uh, there's a few things that go into play there. You know, I think the biggest thing by far is mindset. Mm -hmm. You can't drink the punch, Yeah, you know, cause what sells, you know, advertising clicks and, and everything subscriptions, it's, it's toxic mm -hmm. news, right? Yeah, 100%. The market's going to crash. The rates tripled the default, you know, the NODs tripled. Yeah. They went from one to two, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, it, like yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Right. So when you have to be careful not to feed into that. And if, if you surround yourself with big thinkers, with people operating in a great space that understand that, you know, it's like, okay, we're having an adjustment in the market. What does that mean financially? How are we preparing? You know, how are we protected? You know, are we solid? Okay, great. 
Now, where's the growth opportunity? Right. There's an opportunity here. We have to identify it and really go all in on that because those opportunities don't always pop up. Right. You know, that same opportunity in a healthy market is going to be triple the cost. Mm -hmm. You have to buy your way into everything, buy the employee, pay more for salaries, pay more for everything. You it's know? more expensive. Totally. Yeah. So I, it, it's, it's a big mindset thing, you mm -hmm. know, and it's important that you kind of have to stay in that, you know, out of the toxic you know, yeah. of when, whenever there's adjustments, you know, it, there's pain and suffering and it's unfortunate, but you know, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, thin, uh, thin ice there. You gotta be very careful. Yeah. You know, and it's inevitable to happen. Um, I think it's so funny. It's like 2000, since 2017, mm -hmm. there's always been talks of like another recession mm -hmm. or every year during from 2017 to now, maybe not when things were like, during COVID, right? The yeah. 2022, I think, was the only year that they were talking about no recessions. Uh -huh. <laughs> but every other year, there was there was talks of recessions happening. And we're still, like, people are still predicting that we, we may head into a recession. Correct. Um, the second half of the year. But I think it's just interesting just being prepared um, and just being aware of what you have out. Like, especially for us, like, how many are we taking on at a time? Mm -hmm. You know, are we over leveraged? Mm -hmm. Um you know, are we maybe wholesaling a few and keeping mm -hmm. a few more, yeah, what, yeah, however, definitely. however it looks. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. And I think if you interpret the data, you know, out of the majority of the recessions, real estate goes up in value. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the few like the Great Recession right. that was caused because of real estate. Right. right. Uh, but usually, you know, like we're probably in a recession or, or you know, we're probably going to go into a recession. Sure. But well, that doesn't mean real estate's impacted, mm -hmm. and usually it's the opposite. There's fear out there, and people take you know their money out of the out of the uh, stock exchange, out of the 401ks, mm -hmm. and they park it into real estate. Right. They want something tangible. They need the write-offs. They want to you know cash flow or something, right? Mm -hmm. So typically, um, you know, again, it, it's yeah, we're in a recession, but what does that mean to us directly? Mm -hmm. You know, and even a step further, when you start identifying, it's like okay, what is that? Even if we do have a recession, you know. When you, when you keep it very simple, you know, it's like, okay, how many deals do you want to do as an agent, as an investor, as anybody? Okay, 50, maybe 100. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean in this big scope? Well, you're 0.00 something of the market. Mm -hmm. So you can triple your production, and it still doesn't mean anything to the market. Right. The market can be going up or it can be going straight down. Sure. You still really aren't that relevant in the overall picture of the market, mm -hmm. you know? Now, if you had 20 offices and you had, you know, 10,000 agents, I would worry. But when it's a, a small operation or a small business or an agent or a lender, dude, in a horrible market, you can go from 20 deals to 80 deals just by grinding it out, mm. getting on the phone, talking to everybody, networking your way out of it, mm. you know? Yeah. There's so, much, there's, there's so much out there. So when you keep things into perspective, dude, growth, you know, like that whole recession thing, that whole fear thing, it, you know, it doesn't, I believe, it doesn't become relevant to you really, really big. You know, where you're, now you're worried about like NAR lawsuits, right? Sure. Let's say you're, you know, you're Keller Williams or something. Mm. But like, it, like it, from zero to there, it's like, dude, focus on growth, focus on making money, because you know, the tide will move, and and realistically, it's small pivots. It's it's not you know the end of, of your business, you know. And I think like what you're saying too, a lot of that comes to mindset. I think when when there was always like fear of, um, you know, the market slowing down. I think November of 2022 is when I was like. Just feeling a little pressure, thinking that, you know, we could have, we could see rates going up. There was just a little bit more data coming out where I was just maybe getting a little, a little nervous. And I was like, okay, either I pivot and I work 10 times harder than I did before. Mm -hmm. And I do things differently and I adjust and I evolve and become better myself. 
I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you stick back to the COVID mentality of, of not being productive mm-hmm. and just thinking that business is just going to come easy and your phone's going to ring, it's not the reality. Correct. So it becomes, it does become a huge mindset shift, but it is challenging because I'm sure both you focus on the data mm-hmm. and things that go on in the news mm-hmm. and um, unemployment and where mm-hmm. rates are at to make your decisions on, on buying, buying. And that sometimes can get in your head a little bit. Don't always. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like trying to like navigating what is real and what's fake, yeah. like in your head in terms of negativity, the new, and it's from the news, sure. right? But it is data that we have to take in. So sure. it's interesting. <clears throat> and, and, and so if, for example, that period, you know, we, we took a few haircuts on a few projects and it was kind of like, um, we, you pick a neighborhood and you figure it's like, Hey, we made X amount on these two deals, you know, two blocks away, but on this one, we lost money Mm -hmm. and why, you know, and there's so many different dynamics, you know, and, and, you know, um, it could be this, it could be that, but at the end of the day, what I always tell my team acquisition team, it's like, we have to go to bat. You have to take the swing. Mm -hmm. Like you may strike out. It's okay, but you took a, you know, you, at least you swung. Right. 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 But you're not going to get the home run. You're not going to get the base hit if you're not swinging, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, yeah, we might have taken a loss here, but we took eight or nine or ten, you know, other wins over here. Mm-hmm. You know, so the most important thing that you have to be, you know, that whole paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. Once you get fear in there, it really gives you the hesitation where, when you really should be moving forward, you're kind of like thinking it through. Right. So it's important to kind of, you know, like like during that shift, that six month shift where the rates tripled, and and you know, we took you know some hits on some properties. Uh, what really got us through this was a lot of the properties that we were buying when no one else was buying because we got really good deals, you know, and it just canceled out all the other ones, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's that mentality. It's like, we're moving forward. Even the market's hard. We're moving forward. Yeah. Obviously responsibly adjusting, making your numbers, very calculated risk. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And adjusting what you're, uh, instead of doing, now you're adjusting for depreciation on on your ARVs. Yeah. Yeah. And the neighborhood specific, Mm -hmm. you know, demographics are different, you know, coastal's, like everything is so much different. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, how many houses are on the neighborhood in terms yeah. of inventory levels yeah. and all that stuff. But when, when obviously when the market's shifting to, you can't, you can't predict what inventory is going to increase in the beginning of it. So sometimes it's like, at least for me, I was looking kind of like from helicopter airplane mm-hmm. level first of like, Hey, maybe I need to like sit this out for me. It's yeah. you have a company. So mm-hmm. like for me being just a onesie, a yeah, one, yeah. like by myself, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit on the sidelines for a few, even though I would still make offers, Yeah. but I would make them really low them. because I, I would yeah. have to be very smart. particular yeah. on what I was, what I was willing to take on. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather preserve during that time yeah. and be ready when yeah, totally. things shift a little bit better. And, and, and that's, that was, that's a very smart approach because <clears throat> um, those six months, kind of like with COVID, you know, you know, the market took a shock. The rates went from three to seven mm-hmm. or COVID the market completely stopped. Right. And we were way overdue for a major uh, adjustment mm-hmm. in COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured, okay, it's here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, this is it. And the opposite happened. Right. You know, everything shot up, right? Because they pumped the economy with all this money. And, you know, last year, when, when you know, a year before when the rates tripled, mm-hmm. you know, I figured, okay, how bad is this going to be? Is mm-hmm. it a 5 10% adjustment? Or is it a 40% adjustment? You know, mm-hmm. I remember 07, it never stopped for two, three years. It right. like, kept on going and going. And it was like, dude. Like you have to know it's how like to, yeah, knife. you got to get out of it you mm-hmm. know, as fast as possible. So, uh, so it's one of those things where it's kind of, it's out of all of our hands, you know, right. and, you know, and, and during those periods, you know, we're reassessing everything weekly, you yeah. know, what hit the market on every specific asset, you know, it's like, cause 
dynamics change. If yeah. you're the only property on the, on that zip code, king of the hill. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. at that point. But if 10 hit the market this weekend, dude, you better you're be fucked. the yeah. first one to be able to sell. You yeah. know? Nicest, cheapest, best house to sell. You yeah, know? So. I agree. <laughs> what, is your, um, what does your team look like right now? Um, on, on the Renovate San Diego? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have the acquisition side, uh, five to six team members. So they are out there talking to agents, you know, wholesalers, um, attorneys, kind of getting out there, networking with everybody, looking for, you know, uh, anything that uh, it's not performing, anything that needs a, a cash buyer, mm-hmm. uh, attorney evictions, you know, prob- probate's kind of trending for the last year and a half or two. Um, the... Uh, we got a couple of uh, three, four on the uh, renovation side, mm-hmm. which is the project managers, yep. you know, overseeing the, the construction crews. You know, uh, there's a lot of construction crews there. And then on the dispo side, our dispo is full re- uh, MLS. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of our inventory goes to the MLS. Yeah. yeah we don't really wholesale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do have our listing uh, disposition agent. Okay. Um, there's maybe two, three, four people on the in the office. Okay. So, you know, like the marketing, yep. you know, the asset manager, you know, yep. that kind of stuff, accounting. Gotcha. You know. Um, so when you're talking about putting stuff like disposition side, you, if you're not wholesaling, are you doing novations or just, are no, you, everything's MLS. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Everything's full retail. Okay. So, so the stuff that, uh, on the back end when we're selling stuff, you know, it's, it's going to go, you know, retail price when you get FHA, VA buyer in yeah, there, yeah. you know, on the MLS held open, you know, that kind of stuff. But if you, if you lock something up that may just may not fit your buy box or you just straight canceling it. Um, we typically only lock up if we're going to take it down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, um, uh, we haven't really done wholesaling because it, it can get tricky at times, you know, you can sometimes you can burn bridges, you know, because, you know, uh, I like to make sure, you know, if we're going to ask her, we're closing on it, right. you know. Um, I know it's uh, some guys are really good at being able to dispose of it during the mm-hmm. escrow process, you know, and and for us that's a different business model, which we're not, you know, we're we're not set up that way. Right. Uh, we're set up as, hey, we're closing escrow on Tuesday, on Wednesday, demos in there, mm-hmm. you know, the construction crews running. So. Right. Um, but uh, most of, I mean, everything that we're submitting on, we're, we're taking down. That's good. <clears throat> yeah, I, I um, have always looked up to that model. I think there's a time and a place for wholesaling mm-hmm. in certain instances. But it's, it is it is an interesting thing. And I do think, uh, I was going to ask, ask, ask your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. I do think some like regulations eventually will come in on wholesaling. Uh, I feel like it's become so popularized yeah. and a lot of people talk about it on social media. Yeah, and totally. It's just looked at in yeah. a totally different manner. And I feel like eventually, this is just my opinion, there's going to be some real big crackdowns sure. on how you can wholesale, what wholesaling looks like and what that's going to be. Yeah. So you're in essence, you're a real estate broker. Mm-hmm. You're brokering real estate right. from one place, one person to another. And at some point there needs to be oversight there. And the problem there usually is a disclosure. Mm-hmm. It's not, things aren't being truly disclosed, you know, uh, now I get it. You're still in the legal space. You still have the right to assign or do something else with the contract. You know, mm-hmm. I understand that. However, the few times that things go really bad is when it comes to light. And then there's, you know, you know, um, legal cases that go to court. And then, you know, there's usually some kind of law that comes down mm-hmm. saying, Hey, you know, if you do more than two a year, then you need a license mm-hmm. or some sort something like that. So, uh, you know, we have friends that, you know, do phenomenal operations, three, four, 500 wholesales a year, That's you crazy. Know, Florida and Texas, yeah. you know, out there. Um, I think it's very specific, you know, like novation, like, you know, there's certain, you know, other tools that work great in some markets, mm-hmm. you know, I think SoCal is a very niche, hard market to, you know, everyone tells me, dude, that's a hard space to function out of, mm-hmm. you know, everything's expensive. 
the cost to procure a deal, super ex- everything is just so so um, so tight. Right? It's mm-hmm. a tight market. So um, I truly believe at some point it's going to come down. I'm curious to see how the whole commission thing is going to play out. Mm-hmm. You know, with the on the retail on the on the agent uh, side, where it, you know supposedly they want to get rid of the buyer's commission right. during the uh, paid by the seller, the NAR lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I know two or three states already changed laws for wholesaling. Mm-hmm. I think eventually you have to have a license. Is yeah, what my understanding was correct. Yeah, yeah. So which it makes sense. It does. You know, yeah. and I think there's a space when you do it right. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, hey. Yeah, you have an issue. Mm-hmm. I can't go retail. I can't go put on the MLS. Sure. You know, there's a value for me bringing investors to you mm-hmm. and vetting the process because we don't want to do a data chain mm-hmm. where it's like five wholesalers on the same deal. Right. You know, it's like, let me get you an end buyer and it's going to cost the fee. Right. Call it a commission. Call it a wholesale fee. Sure. You know? And I'm watching, you know, you're getting top dollar for your condition because obviously, you know, it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think as long as it's fully disclosed, the seller knows, you know, they're on the same page. Uh, there's a space for that. There's a need for it. Our, you know, our industry needs it, but I think it's still very kind of gray right now. I, I think so too. Um, I, I do think that, it, but it's interesting. The, the, I'm in a coaching program um, now and I spend a lot and there's a lot of people who are doing, like you said, three and $400,000, sorry, three and 400 deals per year yeah, yeah. that do big operations in the Midwest and in these other states. Um, and they're making small fees, right? $10,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like in our market, like hundred grand, yeah. you know, yeah, 50 yeah, grand. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a different, but it's scalable. The difference between those models and the fix and flip model. Yes. So you could be in a little small room with 10 you know, people on the phone. Yeah. You're doing everything from the Midwest. And you're doing Florida, virtual. Yeah. Yeah. Texas. Yep. Yep. Um, and I'm all about it too, because I bought a rental property. Like I bought buying holds from mm-hmm. wholesalers. Oh, there you go. You know, yeah, and yeah. I won't even see the house. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. I've, no, I've seen every house. That I've done. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can fifty bucks. You get yeah. a local BPO. Right. Guy goes out there, takes a picture, drives it, gives you his valuation. Mm-hmm. Aside from you know the hard money, aside from you know what yeah. they're telling you. you right. Know, it's fifty bucks. An agent will go out there and give you a full write up, take pictures, and say, "Hey, this is what it is." You right. Know? Yeah. So it, it's a. It's so it's a need that you know it, it's you know. It's a valid business model. It's just, I think the way they approach it might mm-hmm. be still kind of needs to be cleared up a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's regional too. San Diego, I mean, California is different from. 100%. Yeah, this state is weird, you know. Yeah. yeah and I think we'll be the one of the ones that will get locked down pretty quickly yeah. if there's lawsuits that do take place or something happens that that sheds light on what on what it is. But, I mean, at the end of the day, who knows? Um, I mean, you still buy from wholesalers yeah. and it's still mm-hmm. – it's still a business that makes sense for you know someone like you and I to, yeah, to totally. pick up deals. If yeah, they don't make I, sense. I, love, I love working with them. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and I and I love like from your side of things because all my business is all agent mm-hmm. agent relationships too. Mm-hmm. Good. So it's hard. It's like you know you go and you get a deal that may not fit your buy box that you locked up, but you can wholesale it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't love doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, as long as you're transparent, right? You know, because at the end of the day, you you want to get the client to the finish line mm-hmm. and how it looks, dude, we've done some crazy, you know, you look at the deals, but they're like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the client got what they needed. Sure. You know, um, some, not everyone's qualified to structure deals, sure. you know, especially like the newer agents that may not have that experience. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a value to that. Sure. So at the end of the day, you know, 
you either lose it to a foreclosure, bank takes it back and you take, you know, a total loss. Right. Or you walk out with money in your pocket. Right. You know? And it's complicated where only a few individuals can really understand that. You know? Yeah. So yeah, most times I just cancel or ask for a redu- try to get the reduction where it makes sense for me to do it. Sure. But yeah, it's it's it is few and far between. What do you think? Um, speaking of NAR, what do you think is going to happen with that? No idea. I know there'll be opportunity, though. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. With anything, there's opportunity. But yeah. Um, I, I had a buddy, uh, has a, I think he's like number four or five in the state of Las Vegas, his brokerage. And, um, uh, he was saying that, um, like everyone, all, all the big guys. So these attorneys are going state by state, right? Mm. And they go down the list and they say, Hey, these are the 20, 30, 50 brokerages that we're going to include in the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get settled out. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll pay X amount sure. to get it done with. Uh, so if you're a big guy, like if you're in, I don't know, top 10, 20 brokers in that state, mm-hmm. I'd probably be worried. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy, he was number five and um, he already met with his attorneys. He already put the plan. He already figured how to, you know, get Maneuver. it prepared. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Um, and we're, and most importantly, see the smart cat. Where's the opportunity? Mm-hmm. You know, there will be some guys that will fail because they're just, you know, big machines that aren't that efficient mm-hmm. that may be on the hook for a few, you know, billion, billion dollars, you billion. know? Yeah. Wow, something ridiculous. Right. Um, but there's always opportunity there. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. I think, um, I, I don't approach it with fear. I, I think there's going to be some, maybe some pivots, some adjustments, you know, every country has it's a different system, Australia, mm-hmm. like, you know, they all have different, you know, systems of just of selling real estate. Right. Um, I think there might be a year or two of transition, I think as long as like if you're an agent, I think as long as you understand your value, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, you understand the difference between, you know, one side of the block and the other, you know, why that's, you know, some parts in San Diego, there's a two, three million dollar difference on what side of the street you're on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you, or, or if you understand the HOAs, why that one's worth more, you know, than this one, hey, you know, this one has, you know, this parking situation, they include utilities, mm-hmm. you know, and it has this school district. So there's a certain value to that. Um, you're, it's hard to replace, you mm-hmm. know, cause it's a purse, it's a people business, you, mm-hmm. you know, it doing retail, which you know, very well, you get individuals that have high emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, buying a house is, and moving is very, very stressful. Yeah. So you really have to be able to, you know, be the filter. It's like my client's way out here. The mm-hmm. seller's way out here. Hopefully you got a good agent. Sometimes you don't, that mm-hmm. they're also strung out. Right. And then you're kind of the filter is like, okay, how do I put the transaction together? Okay. What does this really mean? He needs this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Forget the whole story and the arguing and the, you know, all the names calling all that stuff, but Hey, can you give me a 5k credit? We can close next week. Yeah, sure. it's done. You know, right. so there's a lot of value to that, that people can't quantify, you mm-hmm. know, and, and if you're, if you have that skill, if you have the network, if you, you know, if you have the, you know, the ability to put, you know, dots together, you're going to succeed in any market, Yeah, you know, like it may that. be slightly different, but, um, I would be, if I was doing strictly retail, I would just be focusing on building that sphere mm-hmm. where they know you're the person, you're the authority. There's certain markets, you know, and especially in the high end stuff like Coronado, La Jolla, that there's people that they're so well connected that they already have their off market inventory, you know, cause I know that neighbor has a house that they would sell if they had that right price. Mm-hmm. So if you go to them and say, Hey, I need a coastal property that I, I got four or five, that's not on the MLS. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could put so many deals together just by doing hundred percent so, super valuable. Yeah. So, you know, there's that dynamic. You need to make sure you're there. Right? Yeah. You can't just push paper anymore. And, and, you know, like the whole internet stuff, just get an online lead slam dunk. That might be kind of restricted now. Yeah. Know? No, I like that. I think I watched someone recently where they were talking about the biggest thing is to be valuable and to show your value, whether it's like 
buying moving trucks, right? Mm -hmm. To where they can start using your moving trucks, having an Airbnb that they can stay in, in between right. like moving positions, yeah. or if you have to do a rent back or whatever it is. Correct. So different value propositions that makes you unique in your market space. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, in the high end, that's huge. Yeah. But like for our, let's say our average of yeah. like an $800,000 purchase mm -hmm. price here in San Diego, which is high for the national average, but um, having some type of value that you can offer your clients from kind of different, like unique perspectives, I think is totally, going to be huge. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And especially like, for example, right on the money, you know, if you can give them a vendor list, mm -hmm. here's the top three movers that I've used at least 30, 40 times. Right. You know, here's the painters, you know, here's this and that, you know, do that. That's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you cut the curve down, you know, the learning, the moving headache drastically mm -hmm. so and then you're super valuable because they're going to refer everybody out to you you know mm -hmm. it's like dude this guy call him he has the movers you know yeah, yeah. It, 100%. It's, uh, you're bringing value to the table totally um a little off topic we were talking before before we jumped on uh about you traveling to to new york and uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because um, when I first met you, like I said at the beginning of this, is like super humble dude. And I, I think everyone says that about you. Oh, right I'm on. sure you get it a lot. <laughs> but when you're not in the room, they all say that. So right. it's funny. Um, but you were saying something when we were walking in. You want to let's talk about that again. Uh, when you, it, goes, you, it goes to exposure. You know, I like to get out to New York free you know, at least once or twice a year, right? Traveling yeah, in general, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of more like you know going down Billionaires Row understanding the scope, you know, of, of the economy, you know, you got these hedge guys making 200 million a year, a hundred million dollars a year of salary. Right. Uh, you, you look at, I think Goldman's uh, bonus for, um, I think it was their last year. I think their juniors were making $40 million. I think it was a $40 million bonus or something like that. If you Google it, it's ridiculous. Uh, so when you start looking at different levels and scales, you know, then you really start seeing how small, you know, your, at least for me, my operation is, then you start seeing how big the pie is. And mm -hmm. then you start seeing like, there's a lot that you can do. Mm -hmm. Like it really opens up your eye. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're in a, in your, here locally or in your suburb, you know, you start thinking like, oh, okay, I have influence, I'm doing okay, I'm doing production, you know? And then you start drinking that, you know, your own punch, you start believing your stuff, you know? And it's super important to get out there and, and see it's like, how people are playing at different levels, you know, mm -hmm. and this is part of the mastermind thing. And, and we're, we both have that mentality where it's like paying for, you know, for exposure, mm -hmm. you know, you collapse time, you yeah. know, and especially the most important thing is when you see people operating at a high level and they're not the genius guy, they're, they're just a doer. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know, they minimize the fear and they move forward, you mm -hmm. know? And when you start seeing that it, it's huge. So uh, aside from traveling, cause it's pretty cool, but you know, whenever I'm out there, I, I like to see, you know, big real estate. I like to see, you know, um, you know, I love Wall Street going down there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my kids too, and explain to them like, dude, you know, pull this up, you mm -hmm. know, that's an $80 million penthouse and blah, 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 you know, that building, the developer, mm -hmm. you know, kind of going in there. Uh, it just opens up, uh, it's just the mentality, you know, of what's available out there. Yeah. It's interesting. Every time I, every time, uh, me and the wife travel is my most creative time mm -hmm. that you get to kind of take, a step back out of the business a little bit and yeah. look in like from bird's eye view and just kind of see where you're at and realize different things, especially for me, like um, my success over the last uh -huh. few years of how, uh -huh. you know, dramatically it's changed my life, honestly, yeah, yeah, like yeah, completely totally. changed and to look at it and just kind of reevaluate and see where you're at. But then like what you were talking about, I'm seeing people at different levels where you're yeah. like, makes you realize what's possible to totally, especially like when you see like, you know, the yachts pull in, you yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's like that. That uh, who was that? Uh, that that billionaire with the yacht over in San Diego with the two helipads. 
I don't know what shot you're talking about, yeah, but he's I don't like know what an he does. oil magnet or, or mineral magnet guy out of Washington. Oh, yeah, uh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, his boat's always out there. But uh, whenever you got a trip, you have the dynamic of compressing work in, in a smaller period of time because you're on a crunch. Right. Like, I got to fly. I got to pack. I got to do these things. So work becomes, you know, you become more efficient. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I would always say if you're slow, go take a trip. Mm-hmm. You'll figure out that you'll get deals out of during your oh, trip because yeah, it just works that way. Yeah. It just you know you're you you're more efficient. You're busier, you know. Um, and then obviously when you're out there, you're out of your 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 home, your mm-hmm. room, your office, and then that the whole sensory overload. You know, you start kind of you know the creativity starts kicking in. Uh, for me, you know, I'm always like I go to Florida a lot for Collective Genius mm-hmm. or you know like you know just different masterminds, you mm-hmm. know. And being thirty three thousand feet up in the air. You know, with a good uh, podcast and paper and pen, mm-hmm. you know, I start saying things that it's just no one can get me on the phone because I, I don't pay for the Wi-Fi. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just don't. I, yeah, I just yeah. listen to audio yeah. and, and just kind of clear my mind, focus. Okay, it's good. What does this look like? You know, because once you get here, then you have people. You know, they're, you're pulled it's called every way. Yeah. yeah, you're pulled every way. So um, it, it's a good way to align yourself, focus, get some clarity, mm-hmm. and then you know. Um, really start putting plans in place that are, you know, that are sexy, that you really want to, you know, mm-hmm. get up and attack, right? So, yeah, and there's a lot of people in Collective Genius um, that do a lot of fucking business. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, I'm part of Collective Genius, uh, the boardroom, same thing, you know, guy out there building, you know, 350 units all for rent for himself. Mm-hmm. He's building a community. Oh, wow. All to keep. Okay, that's <laughs> like, crazy. I love that, dude, you know. That's rad. Yeah, so, so, you know, when you start seeing these people, you know, doing different things, and, and they're all very, that's the beauty of real estate. It's so niche. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do, you know, storage. You could do, you know, infill multifamily for, you know, 60 under with this specific low income, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, HUD back financing. You know, like, there's just so many niches and you can make so much money in every single one. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just pick one, you know. So the beauty of these mastermind groups, you start seeing is like, dude, there's money everywhere, mm-hmm. like everywhere. And and limitations is what you have in your head. 100%. That's it. Yeah. Because you can go out there and grab it, you know. Yeah. My coach is um, Tiffany and Josh High. Okay. I think they're they're in collect. They were in Collective Genius. They mm-hmm. were uh, they were at Kent's last one that oh, he right just there. did. Uh-huh. Um, but they're big. They do like f- I think four hundred deals mm-hmm. in uh, Ohio. Oh wow! But they're they do virtual deals too. Oh So wow. they're virtually yeah. flipping in some of these markets, and yeah. they've kind of figured That's out a, 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 a platform <laughs> to do it. But being a part of their group, it just opens your it opens your eyes to what you know a million dollars a month in flips, yeah, in profit, yeah. Like it's just crazy to see yeah. some of that stuff, especially with their volume, right? They're doing I think in December alone they locked up forty two deals. Yeah, wow. But like their yeah. price point's different than ours. Yeah, it's yeah. probably four yeah, yeah. four million in volume, uh-huh. right? For us, it's like okay, we, you did five deals or Correct, ten yeah. deals, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but the machine, you know the the, the team, the staff, the you know, SOPs, like every, it's you build them with. Oh humongous machine, you mm-hmm. know, and you can pick that up and drop it in San Diego. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like you're constantly evolving the the machine? So I was talking, I always talked to, to Alfred uh-huh. um, when he was building his, uh, this agency and him and I always talk about, it, and he's like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost like to a hundred percent with my system. And I'm like, bro, I'll tell you right now, you're never at a hundred percent. There's always uh-huh. things that you figure out that are holes in your business that you never realize were holes. Correct, and especially yeah. like for me, I started implementing things in November of this last year because it was really just kind of like mm-hmm. a side gig, just mm-hmm. like for fun. When agents mm-hmm. would bring me a deal, I'd buy it and that was it. Right? Yeah, there yeah. was no SOPs. There was no yeah, yeah. process or system. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but now I'm, I, because of mm. the volume, you have, you have to implement these correct, things. Correct. How many times do you think you've changed it? <clears throat> uh, it's a constant thing. Yeah. And I, I think the mentality of a hundred percent, um, uh, I, I don't honestly, the beauty of real estate that it's always changing. Mm. It's, it's good and bad. You know, it's, right. it's bad if, you, if, if you're not quick to change, mm. but I remember for five, six years, Ario was going to come back, mm. you know, and they ended up selling them in the back door to, you know, some big, you know, institutional yeah. people and, and, and they all disappeared. The right. shadow inventory completely disappeared. Uh, short sales, supposedly they were going to come back with, uh, with COVID. Mm. We had a few, but nothing, you know, that significant. Um, you know, I always get the, you know, the foreclosures are coming. They're nowhere close to even, like, that's not going to come back. I don't see it for another four or five years. Yeah. Any way possible. So um, you have to be constantly uh, changing your business model and right. adjusting, you know. And, and uh, e even if it's in your own little niche, let's say you're, uh, um, uh, you know, you spe specialize in Coronado. Mm -hmm. The di dynamic's always changing. Hey, there's money coming from China. There's money coming from Canada now. Now it's coming from Mexico, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, um, you know, policies, you know, governments change, policies mm -hmm. change, you know, there's always this capital change, um, a flight, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to kind of always be liquid and mm -hmm. be okay to pivot, you mm -hmm. know, and, and understand that, you know, you know, the important thing there is reading where it's at and, and, and speed. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to be quick to it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that's something that, um, uh, and especially as you start scaling and growing, you get into different markets and stuff like that. It's it's a lot. Uh, um, it's just more growth, more systems in place, better quality. You know, you have to hire more. You mm -hmm. know, it just bring you know different layers to the companies. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah and tactics are different for us. Like doing um, a lot of direct to seller marketing. Mm -hmm. What may have worked last year, you know, let's say a lot of cold calls and, and mm -hmm. texting, where now like the new rules with texting those texts are getting flagged. Your yeah, websites yeah. are getting flagged with certain <clears throat> wording on your website, yeah. right? So now, you know, the last two years, PPC has been big too, uh -huh. but eventually that could evolve to where PPC isn't big and then yes. direct mail. Like yep. it's always forever yeah. changing, but that's why I think it's always so important. Of like, I wish that I did like the mentorship stuff so long ago. So um, marketing, I think is such a cool thing because like, for example, print has always been a great one and then it completely stopped. And then it picked up again this last year. Text uh, was the spot to be at until they passed the laws. And then recently, like in the last month, text has just started picking up again. Like nice. I, I'm getting like like four or five texts from whole, from everybody every mm -hmm. single day now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know if someone figured out a loop there or something. There but is a loop. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're starting to kind of get back to that. Um, and it's always, a, you know, and, and the, the hard thing about our space is that the marketing budgets are so expensive. Mm -hmm. You spend four, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 easy, you know, and some of these big guys here, they're spending two, 300000 a month, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and a lot of it, you're kind of throwing on the wall and, and, you know, if your systems aren't there, lead manager, closer, follow up, all that stuff, you know, you're just burning that money, yeah. you know, so that, that's a very slippery slope. Uh, it's it's an art and craft. You, it's something that you're constantly working on, you mm -hmm. know, KPIs, numbers, you know, it's like, Hey, you got to get respond within the first 30 seconds. Cause if not, yeah, or just two minutes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, uh, second number 35, your mm -hmm. ratio drops down, you know? So like that whole dynamic, it, it's a, uh, it's an art, Yeah, you know, and not everyone understands it, you know? Yeah. And I agree with you. And I, I was nervous when I started. So last year, maybe I had like the last six months of the year, I started doing, I've always had like a, I've always had a cold caller for the last two years. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and leads were steady, you know, three leads a day, whatever it was. My, um, you don't even want to know my cost per deal on mm. what it was last year. It was stupid. $59 for cost per deal. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, um, that's awesome. <laughs> one deal we made seven figures. That's why. Yeah. Um, so I've always had cold callers, but then I slowly started incorporating direct mail, um, last year. And so figuring out like your cost per lead and yeah. it's, it's all, it's all the boring shit. Yeah. like in the business that makes those, those marketing channels either make sense or they don't make sense. Correct. Cause if you don't track it, you are just throwing money yep. at the wall. Correct. But I feel like our business has become almost so predictable mm -hmm. with the data that's available um, mm -hmm. and what people are doing in other markets mm -hmm. that it becomes a science. Yeah. Um, you have, yeah, you have a lot of different dynamics that go into play, you know, um, like I know in the Midwest people tend to, stay home and watch TV, mm -hmm. you know, we're in California, they don't really, right. you know, so it's hard to get a landline answer, you know, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, we've had a call center, you know, in Egypt and one in Colombia, you mm -hmm. know, the, the bigger companies yeah. out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, they both struggled in San Diego mm -hmm. and one of them gave me the account back. So it's, we can't perform in San Diego. We tried it two other times and we failed each time, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, for whatever reason, you know, um, I, I think it's, people are just don't answer the phones anymore. Sure. And they're usually out somewhere than mm -hmm. at home, you know? Right. So, um, so, so there's just so, so many different dynamics and that's a yeah. whole different R. And again, just because it works for one company doesn't mean it's going to work for you. True. They may have a phenomenal lead manager that, that intake, you know, person that just is phenomenal at closing or mm -hmm. following, you know, packaging up the prequal or something. So, uh, it, um, you have to figure out what works in your business, you mm -hmm. know, and how you want that to look. You know? Are you guys doing any direct to seller stuff? So we pause when the rates adjusted. Okay. Up or down? Uh, when the rates went up. Okay. Yeah. We really, because our clothes, our cycle really went from, you know, uh, like it tripled, mm -hmm. you know, so you always got to manage your cash, your closing cycle, your cash cycle. You got to always manage that in your business. And if, if you're figuring you're spending 50,000 a month, you know, on, on direct to seller and, they're closing, you know, you're not seeing anything for a year and a half mm -hmm. and the market's coming down 10%, 15%, you know, you're not going to spend, you will bleed the company dry, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, spending, yeah, spending yeah. money. Yeah. So, um, we had other pivots, you know, where it was like, we went aggressive, like, you know, direct, you know, belly to belly with attorneys, mm -hmm. with agents, with brokers, probate people, um, where it's like, it's more sweat equity, you know, it's right. people to people, you know, it's out there knocking on the door taking lunch to them on Friday, 100%. you know, donuts, pizzas, whatever, right. uh, in office meetings, you know, getting in front of 50 agents, figuring out the niches, like, Hey, this guy kills it in probate. Look at his mm -hmm. numbers. You know, that's a guy we need to get in, mm -hmm. you know, build a good relationship with. Uh, we kind of more focus on that mm -hmm. than, you know, than spending a lot, a ton on stuff that, you know, and that's smart. Cause then you have other people who are doing it for you. Uh, yes. And then it also brings down the overhead a bit. Mm -hmm. So we don't have that many people trying to track the numbers and, and make, you know, rushing to, you know, you know, answer the calls and texts is, you know, it, it slightly changes it. Um, it's a good space that we like functioning in, mm -hmm. you know, our team, you know, the team members that they, they enjoy that, you know, mm -hmm. they do, they have success, you know, building those relationships and nurturing them and performing too, you know, cause uh, we tried as hard as we can, you know, whenever we give our word out, you know, we're going to try and do as, you know, best as you can yeah. to, yeah, to honor that. You yeah. know, and sometimes we're like, we're going to take this down just to kind of almost break even, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, ugh. but we get, it's a relationship. hundred percent. Yeah. That agent got paid the seller, you know, we did what we said we were going to do. We just put it through the machine, but you know, but we honor the relationships. So. Right. Yeah. No. And I, 
I mean, that's how it's been for me. It's funny you said that, you know, cash conversion and things like that. Right now, I think I'm spending like 30, 35, something, 35 mm -hmm. a month mm -hmm. on a mixture of things. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes the cash conversion cycle is a little longer for certain, yeah, so yeah, for yeah. certain things and others. Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's going to shrink right now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like sometimes you just like as me being somewhat new to the space, mm -hmm. um, in my experience with not maybe evaluating the business properly in terms mm -hmm. of cash conversion and not expecting that in a certain way. Like, I think sometimes I could have maybe put myself not in a bad position, but just like, Oh, Whoa, like maybe mm -hmm. I, maybe I yeah, didn't yeah. need to be spending as much as I thought I did with the processes that maybe weren't fully set up. Like, was Correct. I spending in the right way? Um, so I think, you know, a lot of people, when they jump into these things, like what we were talking about, I am just one of those people mm -hmm. who, if you tell me what to do, I'm going to do it really fast uh -huh. and implement. And then if I, you know, slip up or fail, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it is what it is and I'll yeah. learn from it and I'll, I'll not make that mistake again. But it's just, it's funny you said that. Cause that's, um, the last few months, I mean, I, I say that, but like, I, it was like half a million dollars closing in mm -hmm. January, February. So it's, mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. right? Because my cash converges and now is now hitting, mm -hmm. but to spend you know thirty or forty a month for the last six months, you're like, damn, that's kind of a lot of money. Correct. So, so I always approach it like green light, red light, mm -hmm. and you always want to lead with revenue. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to lead with revenue. You, you don't want to spend and hope to close. You mm -hmm. you, know, you want to make the money and then the money you made start spending that. Right. right. So, <clears throat> um, you know, rates started dipping. They kind of wobbled the last two three days, but you know they're now. We're seeing high fives again, mm -hmm. you know, some Gavi loans, you know, FHA, VA, mm -hmm. uh, which is, that's a healthy market. Mm -hmm. That that will that will ease the lock-in effect. Mm -hmm. If you got a four, you would move for five. Yeah. You know, you won't move for seven or no. eight. You know, it's yeah. just a shock, right? Uh, but, you know, we're, we immediately we started seeing inventory move off the shelf. We started seeing, you know, showings just jump, mm -hmm. you know, the our dispo, which, you know, again, we review our numbers. So it's like sometimes our dispo goes up, you know it's going to take 45 or 60 days to sell a property mm -hmm. because that's what the numbers are for that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, um, those are shrinking down, mm -hmm. you know, so everything's moving a lot faster. So, um, it, you know, now obviously we have to pivot to that, mm -hmm. you know, now obviously, you know, the, you, we're not padding that much time, holding time, all mm -hmm. that stuff. So, and then the cycles going to shrink a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, we're able to turn everything a lot faster. You right. Know? So, yeah, that's why in a sense, I am kind of glad that mm -hmm. I was spending the money when I was mm -hmm. spending it. Cause it wasn't like we were talking about, like yeah, everyone yeah. was kind of scared and kind yeah. of pull, pulling, mm -hmm. pulling back on the spend. Um, and we, you know, I continued it on. So hopefully, I mean, we'll see what happens this year, but I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm super optimistic. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. And, and even if it's, it's, it probably won't be a like crazy year. No. Uh, but it's not going to be, um, a bad year. Like, like even if it's still chugging along, there's enough business out there for you to do like, you know, life changing business. You yeah. Know? Like there's enough out there. You know? Yeah. There's enough piece of the pie. And I, you know, I don't know, uh, it's funny. Like I, I say that I'd be happy doing what I did do, doing the same volume that I did last year. But then you say that and you're like, oh, maybe I'm holding myself back. So the beauty of, of it is um, like more isn't always better. Like sometimes you want to go deeper. Sometimes you want to go wider. Right? right. So, you know, if you could set up a machine that's making a very reasonable income that you're, you know, you're happy with and, mm -hmm. and it's on autopilot or, or you really, you know, honed it down. Mm -hmm. Uh, the beauty of it is like now you can start going into other stuff, you mm -hmm. know, and it's very relative, you know, the financing, you know, the, the like it's it's not complete new. Right? Sure. 
so you can go from let's say fix and flip to infill to multifamily to mm. you know uh, to ground up to out of state you know to different states mm. you know with better regulation than California you know there's just so many different plays right. and and um, that's the beauty of it like you don't have to go from like let's say 20 wholesales to 200 wholesales mm. you can if that's what you know that's what really moves you but uh, once you get to a certain level then you're like dude you know I really want a coastal property mm -hmm. you know now it's kind of like like you know uh, what they call a um, uh, lifestyle investing you mm -hmm. know i'm gonna go buy a place in vegas and new york and miami because mm -hmm. i'm yeah. gonna go travel there right right you know airbnb and spend the rest of it there you know so it, it really starts changing the thing so um you know everyone's roadmap is different you know and, and you can't say one's better than the other because at, at the i think i think the priority there is finding that you know what makes you happy right mm -hmm. and you know we all know people making a ton more money that are just miserable you know, no, hundred percent. And then people who are making a lot less that just have a great quality of life, you know. And it's almost a certain point of once you get to a certain income level, like, what's the difference between making the next level? It's like, how do you really quantify that? And like you said, with, unless there's the happiness factor of like, hey, having different places where you can go travel to. Yeah. Um, I think um, that could be a very slippery slope, right? You know, because like, um, like, so obviously, I grew up. Uh, very humbly right mm -hmm. and uh, once you get to a certain level where your essentials your basics are taken care of you know like the debt's no longer like you're not taking on credit card you know like you know yeah, certain yeah. level where you're like all right i'm okay financially yeah, yeah. you know um majority of your issues are kind of gone right it's yeah. when you're in the rat race that's hard that's stressful mm -hmm. i need that paycheck to pay the bills the water utilities right that's hard uh, but once you get to a certain level now when you're born in a certain uh environment where it's like well, my dad's yacht is 80, you know, I got an 80 footer and your dad's 120 footer. And, you know, oh, I don't want to ride in your yacht. You know, that toxic mentality, yeah. which you see a lot. Um, that's where you got to be very careful because um, it's easy to get in that, you know, because as a human, you always want to develop and grow and, mm -hmm. and per, you know, the whole personal development part. But you got to make sure it's focused properly. Right. Because mm -hmm. when you get into those circles, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have the best Ferrari. I got to, you know. Mine's not a pista. It's a mm -hmm. you know it's a standard one. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to be very careful, and especially if you got kids. You know, like making sure that they are well grounded and understand. You know, that mm -hmm. it's like what's truly important. You know, it's like you know when you keep it very simple, it, it goes down to gratitude. Right. And, and gratitude's very simple. Whatever you have at the moment, you have you're grateful for. So you're happy, whatever that is. You know. So when the economy's bad, I'm grateful for a bad economy. Because it makes me a stronger business person. It makes me a stronger salesperson. If the investment went bad, I'm grateful for it because I learned how not to do that again, right? Mm -hmm. And when you have that mentality, now you have the, you know, you're in a state of gratitude. You're, you're in a happy state, mm -hmm. you know, regardless of what happens. Right. You're grateful. Yeah. Happy. So that you can't put, it's not tied to money. Right. Obviously money, I, I, I love making money and I'm super ambitious <laughs> and I, I instill it to my kids like, dude, if I'm going to take you here, you better take it to the next, you know, further down, right? But it's not because I want to go out there and just blow it and, you know, right. And, you know, Whatever. Vegas yeah, and yeah. gambling too. It's like, as you start scaling up, now you could do sexier things mm -hmm. too. Like what if you set up, you know, a school system in South Africa or mm -hmm. an orphanage system in Brazil or Ecuador or something, mm -hmm. you know, and okay. Yep. Yeah, put your name on it. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, but that stuff, I think it's, it's more moving. It's more rewarding. That's, uh, and, and that's because you, you got yourself there. You got yourself to the ability where you can say, hey, here's, you know, $20 million to do this in this country, you know. And that's legacy. 
at that point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then that's why you, when you think about it, it's like, you know, when you have last names on libraries and, you know, school buildings, you know, it's like someone will do with a lot of money. It's like, dude, I won't be in, in the ditch pretty soon. Right. I can't get buried with my money, you know. It's, right. So what's really important, you know, after two kids, you're, after two generations, they're going to forget you, you know. Right. Unless if you go on the library or the school building. Right, right, right. <laughs> did you have, um, did you ever fall into those traps of where, like, the nice things? Uh, totally. Um, and this is so, like, being young. Uh, 16 through about 20, 21, 22. I think I had usually four to five cars. I think when I was 18, I think I had seven cars, you know. Wow. And it was like a Beamer, a Benz, Porsche, you know, like every car you ever wanted. Sure. You know, I had them in the driveway. And it's so dumb, you know, because I'm like, I should have bought real estate. I should have invested in you mm-hmm. know, Microsoft, sure, <laughs> Apple, you know, sure, you know. But again, hindsight, and, and most importantly, mentors. I didn't mm-hmm. have the mentors, and for me, a success was tied to a depreciating asset, mm-hmm. a vehicle. Right. It's like, do you know that that's? I didn't have someone to tell me like, memo, you know, start door knocking these fixer uppers, or or, right. or go out of state and buy some rentals, you know, like something, right? Right. Um, and you know, it, it's um. As you scale, you know, especially, you know, when you have uh, very ambitious, you know, friends, you know, uh, yeah, it's always a concept thing, mm-hmm. you know, what's really needed. Sure. You know, it, it, but it goes both ways. The way I look at it is uh, don't deny yourself of that piece of Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, go get it, dude, you know, or that trip or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is. Go after it. But do it properly, right? Mm-hmm. Figure out. If, if you get, if you saved up 100k right for that piece, well let's say 300k for a pista for let's say half a million so let's say 500k go out there and park it in some cash flowing asset that's going to give you five thousand a month to pay that payment on the mm-hmm. car you still have the asset mm-hmm. you know and it's being paid by the cash flow but you're responsible by not blowing it on on a pista right and a pista is a bad example because that may go up in value but let's say like a honda or toyota right? yeah whatever it is yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's going to depreciate in value you know that's a, at the short-term need right mm-hmm. and in six months you're tired of the car sure you know what i mean i had a one of my first cars with a cabriolet 911 porsche my dream car red convertible mm-hmm. i loved it it sat in my garage for like eight nine years mm-hmm. i drove it for like one or two years and then it was like ah, it's uncomfortable it's convertible this and that right and it's like dude that tells you it's like Within six, three, six months, it's, you're over it, you know? Yeah. However, the assets keep on producing. You got appreciation, you got the ride out. I mean, that's a win-win. Yeah. So. I love that. I um, Last year, I bought, because I, I, I feel like I'm in that phase of like, uh-huh. oh, I kind of, you know, want to buy a better house. You know, started buying watches the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, looking at looking at cars. And um, it was funny, this this watch I bought last year, and obviously the most money I've ever spent on a watch, and I literally brought it home and put it in my nightstand and didn't uh-huh. wear it for like two weeks. Oh, wow. It's like, okay, I just spent $47,000 oh, on a watch, uh-huh. and I didn't even touch it. Like, I, yeah, it yeah. was like almost an afterthought. Like, yeah. I bought it, and yeah, it was check. just like, check, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was no, like... It didn't. I didn't feel the excitement anymore, yeah, right? Because it was already like checked off the list, and I'm like, okay, is this how it's gonna feel if I go buy, you know, the car I want? Mm-hmm. And I go buy the car, put it in my garage. I'm gonna drive it for a week or two, yeah. and and then feel like, why did I do that? You right. know. And then there's bigger things, right? Like next, my you know, my wife. We just got married in November, right after we saw you. Mm-hmm. Next is gonna be kids. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Next is gonna be kids. Like we're we're talking about kids. It's like okay, so. Like I'm doing all these things, but yet I should be going and preparing myself to like what you said, yeah. buying more assets, keeping more things. And so, so 
It's funny. Yeah, and I think there's ways of approaching it. For example, vehicles or watches, that's a big business. Mm -hmm. If you know how to buy, sure. you could buy, and, and especially collectibles and stuff mm -hmm. like that, a lot of those go up in value. They right? do, yeah, yeah. And you know, you, if, if you know how to buy these certain vehicles, you're able to drive them a year, two years, sure. and still get rid of them and yeah. not take a hard loss. Right. It's when you go pay full retail, you drive it off the lot, and it goes 30%. Sure, down. sure. That's where you got to be careful. But, yeah. Uh, but it's that balancing act. So um, I've learned, you know, that, you know, you got to have these, these goals that really move you because that, you know, $50,000 watch, you know, in your head, you had to make maybe, let's say, $300,000, $400,000 of income mm. to feel justified to pay yeah, that 50K. Pay, yeah. yeah, correct. Mm. Yeah, you, you have these numbers like, okay, I hit this to, you know, to pay for this. Right. And, and that's super important mm -hmm. because the watch was only 50K, but you made a half a million dollars because of that watch. Yeah. Right. So you made an extra 450 out of it. And that's something that's constant in life. And, and I've, I've learned, like, especially now in my, at my point right now, that if I'm accountable for someone else, I'll do more for them than for myself because I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't really need, you know, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I promise that person this, I, I won't sleep good. I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to make phone calls, do what I got to do to make sure that person gets taken care of. Right? right. Right. So then you start figuring out how to, you know, pick up people so their success really rises your success. Right? Sure. So it's like you start bringing team, you know, your mem your employees, your right. team members, and you your priority is really their success, that they're taking 100%. care of, that they're, you know, they, they develop and, they, you know, they take care of their future. Mm -hmm. And by default, like, your companies, yourself, you start rising. Rising you know? up, yeah. And um, that's what, for me, like for me, because I've, I've, you know, I've, I've tried the thing and it's, it just becomes a lot, low priority, right? Yeah, like, it does. Ah, just, you know, I don't really, yeah, I'm fine. I, I'll drive my car, whatever. You yeah, know? <laughs> right. No, and I, t I totally agree. It's, it is a hard, you know, hard thing because you look at things and you're, you know, at least like in the beginning of like to come up. It's the only reason why I bought this is because I had an over half a million dollar month. Yeah. Awesome. One month. Dude, so awesome. I was like, I, yeah. I, I was like, you know what? I've always well wanted it. it. Yeah. The authorized dealer called yeah. me and I was like, you know what? I, I, I could do it. Uh -huh. You know, and, and for watches, you can park, you know, park the money. I could probably sell yeah. it and maybe lose 2000 yeah, or yeah. for a year or whatever. No, it was. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I agree. I think it's like different priorities as mm -hmm. you evolve and now too, like my acquisitions girl she's never made six figures so uh -huh. like my goal this year exactly. is like to pump Perfect. pump the yes. system till she gets you know her goal is a hundred thousand i'm like yeah. i'm Let's making i'm yeah. making this shit too yeah, you exactly. know like exactly. and that that will rise the boat too at the same yeah. time bringing her up pouring into mm -hmm. her making sure you know obviously the business will run smoothly and we're always adjusting but yeah. it, my goal is for that to happen with her yeah that's um, awesome yeah and something to keep in mind because because um you know, you're in, you're just a newlywed. You just got married, yeah, and, yeah. and you're gonna have a you know, hopefully, start making a family. Yeah, there's seasons in life, mm -hmm. and you you want to embrace them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, there's times like you know when you do the uh, personality profiles, the disc profiles, mm -hmm. you know, all that type of testing. I've always had tested slightly different at different times in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was when the wife was at home, you know, with the kids or pregnant, and I'm the only you know rainmaker. It was strong alpha, like, dude, screw everything. Mm -hmm. I got to go hunt. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm up first one out the door before the sun. I, I got to make it rain somehow. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, um, there's times in life where you're like, dude, I'd rather walk my kid to school in the morning mm -hmm. than be at the office. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll start answering calls at 8 o'clock, you know, not 6. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's important that you embrace that because, you know, those windows, like being married, newlywed, just you two, that's awesome stage. Once the kids start popping, 
completely different, but it's a whole different stage, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and best time of my life was when my kids were three to five years old. They were just, you know, the most cutest. You know, they can't do anything wrong. You're the, you know, you're the strongest guy in the world. You're a superhero to them. You know, um, that's an awesome time of your life. You know, um, right now my kids are, you know, um, getting ready to go to college mm-hmm. and do they do their. I mean, they're doing their own thing, you mm-hmm. know. So for me, it's kind of, kind of making sure that they're getting, you know, the launch, you mm-hmm. know, the right mindset, the right exposure, you know, the right conversations, you know, the right people. Um, and it's kind of now back going back to myself again because mm-hmm. you know I no longer have the whole parent thing going, you know. Right. So uh, it's important that you sob it and understand and appreciate every one of that, you mm-hmm. know, because like newlyweds, I that was a great time. Mm-hmm. You know, let's mm-hmm. go have dinner, let's fly here, let's go to Vegas this weekend, right. yeah, right. sure, let's right. go, you know. Once the kids come, that's not an option, you know. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, dude, first day of kindergarten or mm. pre-K, you know, it's like you know, he no longer fits in his little shoes, you know. So um, that your hustle, your business, your income, all that is meant to magnify that, mm-hmm. right? And and that's your priority. Yeah. And and uh, because if you focus on income and, and business, it's a uh, it's a tool, but it, it's not your happiness, right? Mm-hmm. It's a tool to make your happiness better, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm excited for you, dude. Thanks, it, it, You got good years ahead of you. you Thanks, know, it, uh, Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy and milk it for as much as you can. Dude, yeah. You know, and it's okay passing on some stuff, like not doing everything when it comes to business yeah. to enjoy those moments, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I like that. Um, yeah, man. I love it. Thanks for coming on, yeah. bro. I appreciate no, it. Yeah, this is a lot of fun chatting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, getting to good. know you a little bit better. You're about to be in that season of life of uh, back to um, now that the kids are gone, you're going to be able to go travel and do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I, I want to actually work like really good. Oh, good for out. you. Yeah. yeah. Because like, so I've always juggled, you know, being a parent you know, and, you know, husband, parent and and business, mm-hmm. you know, it's a ju- it's a hard juggle. Oh, yeah. Uh, but now it's like, now I can really focus on my dreams and goals and now I really want to scale things and grow things, mm-hmm. you know. Like now that everything gets really sexy, you mm-hmm. know. What does that look like? Um, forward mortgage. I want to get that into several states, you know. Uh, same thing with the brokerage, you know. Um, we're uh, getting renovate Riverside and renovate Los Angeles up and going okay. uh, this year. Uh, get into different markets. Um, I want to get the, uh, the, the renovate brand mm-hmm. into Cali, Texas, Arizona, okay. uh, Florida. Are you trying um, to franchise out? No, it's all privately held. Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to keep it that way. Okay. Um, the, um, at the moment, at least, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but uh, there, there's, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it's just part of growth, you know. And a lot of it's organic, you know. Like, you know, we're always getting deals from SoCal. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a natural growth part is, you know, expanding. We already have crews up there. We already have everything up there. Mm-hmm. It's just branding it and, and you know running with it now so it's awesome man yeah. that's uh are you gonna start taking outside investor money when you expand to these other it, markets um so one of my hires actually he starts next week uh is a fund manager okay yeah so he's out of uh miami i actually have two one in new york one in miami that uh, are starting this month and um um Part of our growth, because and that's more for the development side, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the infill, a lot of the right. you know, new construction and multifamily, because I do see uh, opportunity coming up in multifamily. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a few months ago, I saw a stat that 90 percent of all commercial loans that reset it were in default, mm-hmm. not because of payments, but because of the of the CC, the terms of the, uh, the covenants mm-hmm. of the loan. Uh, so they got to come to a capital contribution yep. to bring down the loan right. to value or something. So. 
there's going to be a lot of opportunity popping up. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing it the last few months, you know, not in scale yet, but I truly believe in the next six months to a year, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot more deals. So, and these deals are like, you know, hundred million, $200 million deals. So, you know, you need 30, $40 million to take them down. Mm-hmm. So that's a full-time job that I can't, like, I don't have, I'm, I'm already spread to there. Yeah. So uh, that's where these guys are coming in. One's pulling out of hopefully uh, um, out of New York that, you know, he's in the hedge family office, hedge mm-hmm. fund space. The other guy's um, in more in the uh, Latin America international investor space. Okay. And uh, that's where we're working on to hopefully grow those verticals of the, of the company, the multifamily and the development further. That's huge. I think that's like all, I think for uh, like for us, it's always the next evolution because it's like, okay, cash flow is extremely important. Like yes. What we do is, more, I, I would say what I'm, where I'm at at uh-huh. least is more of the, the hustler yes. first CEO. Totally. CEO. Um, but multifamily is is definitely kind of like the, we just got a lead for a, a deal, sixty one unit. Mm-hmm. It's in foreclosure. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. and he just bought it uh, three years ago, yeah, and so yeah. his note Ouch. was um, yeah. he can't refinance. Yeah, you can't. He won't and he doesn't have to. capital. You yeah. know, and a lot of these people who are just taking like mom and pop money, mm-hmm. you know, I need to bring two or three million dollars to the table. They can't do it. Correct. So that's yeah. where this guy is at, and, um, and we're gonna see a lot more of that. So it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I think, you know. Going into this year and next year, probably going to be in a good position to be mm-hmm. able to buy those with rates in five years and things like that. Or if the, you know a lot of those that you can build up and yeah. sell. So and what's really sexy because like like on the wholesale side, on the fix and flip side, mm-hmm. it, it's very hamster wheelish, right? Yeah, yeah. It's transactional. Boom! You just made hundred k, dude. Mm-hmm. But okay, let's do it all over again. You know. <laughs> yeah, and that's why uh, I think big stuff is. Yeah. So on, on that level, you know, it's more you know assets under management. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got $5 billion of assets under management. You know, I control $5 mm-hmm. billion worth of multifamily office sexy. building. Yeah. yeah. That stuff is really, and that, that's a good eight to 10 year buildup. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I'm trying to get my kid, he, my kid's six, seven, he turned 17 next month. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get him so he can kind of, you know, manage that. Yeah. 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 Start flying out with brokers and getting it's that, awesome, you know, get that going. So, yeah. but it, it all backs, it all starts with the capital. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That, that does, that model is sexy. Um, just get to know things as you, as you go and it's evolve. E- it's yeah. easier. I can tell you this. It's easier than what we're doing. Interesting. Like having to deal with, I got a, uh, some crack house right now that I need to deal with an eviction. Oh, and, you know, like, no, I don't want to send anybody out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like, th- like we get, like we have a lot of issues when mm-hmm. it comes to dealing with headaches with mm-hmm. fix and flip properties, you know, contractors, you know, a city ordinances, per- like all that stuff is headaches. Multifamily is just, stressful numbers that's mm-hmm. all it is because there's three more numbers at the end right, right. it's right. 100 million versus mm-hmm. you know a million yeah so, uh but uh but that's i think you have to be in that space yeah, yeah. i love that too yeah. well dude thanks again for no i appreciate on. it I know it's thank been, you for having me on here i think this is a, a long episode which is which is nice but float so <laughs> right i appreciate on. you thanks for coming on